Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Holly with Tranquility Wellness Center. Holly, what is going on? Happy Wednesday. How are you feeling today? Thank you, JJ, for having me. Um, this is going to be extremely exciting, assuming it's my first podcast. Um, so it's been great. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Like, Holly, we're, yeah, we're excited to have you on. Uh, and I think we're definitely ready to dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on with Tranquility Wellness Center here. Um, but, you know, first, I want to kind of take a step back and give you the opportunity to give the viewers a little perspective. Um, in your own words here, Holly, I mean, how would you describe Tranquility Wellness Center and what you guys do? So Tranquility Wellness Center, um, I started many years back and it's kind of grown over the the years. Um, it's I wanted a wellness center where people could come to one space with complementary modalities. Um, so in the past, we've had yoga instructors, different forms of yoga, um, acupuncturist, hypnotist. Um, we, and, and I do massage therapy. I've also had a numerous other massage therapists. Um, but since the break of COVID, it's now down to three of us. We primarily just do massage. And now I've started going into, which I've wanted to do a decade ago, uh, sound healing and meditations. And so in the past year, that has been um, finally just taking that deep dive into it. So moving more into like massage, meditation, uh, and small, hopefully we'll bring on smaller classes of yoga. Yeah. That, so that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. I appreciate the explanation there. I think even for myself and the viewers, I think I even need to understand because I know when it's a wellness center, you're going to come with a lot and it really goes so you are coming with a lot here. So it's more than just, I guess you could say fitness, right? I think this is overall like just the the training of, of, of a person, right? I think like the building of a person and on an inside and out. So I think that's a, a beautiful thing there, Holly. So thank you for the clarification there and the explanation. We're going to start with the bare bones basics here, Holly. I mean, how many members or if you consider them clients, how many are you serving currently? Um, currently, that's a good question. Um, so per month, I want to say we probably see maybe cl between the three of us, probably close to a hundred, I want to say, okay. yeah. um, maybe 250. So we relatively each summer's a little slow, but on a rolling basis, we probably have a good 20 people a week, 25, okay. uh, between the third roughly two of us and then the third one's coming on so gotcha gotcha and so now to get to that number i mean what's really been the best method of getting people interested getting them through the door what's worked well for you folks so our primary thing the way i've seen the best people come through the door is word of mouth um meet and meeting people face to face so whether it's talking to them somewhere I used to be in, actually today was my last day in a B&I group and they were great. I met a great group of people. And so it's Business Networking International and they've helped out. They've, I've grown a lot um, in the past five years. I think I've been in there for five years. Um, wow. So that was definitely um, 
really good experience for me, but I would say the best way of keeping people and having really good people that stay is through word of mouth and it's a trust. So. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I think when you can, you know, have a community like that behind you, I think that that's big. I mean, and I said today was your last day, ironically, but um, yeah, no, I think that that's big. Cause, Cause I mean, I think you can kind of outgrow it. Right. And then eventually, you know, it, it's, it's, there's time can, can only last so long at a certain place in the same place. Right. So I think that's totally fine, but I think it obviously took you off the ground here. And so now, I mean, to get to, to that number, it's, we're seeing 20 a week or, you know, a hundred in a month here. I mean, let's say leads and traffic and clients, all these things were unlimited here. I mean, hypothetically speaking, of course, I mean, how much, how much higher can you guys go? As, and so that's why I kind of started a wellness center. So I've been doing massage therapy since 2006. So a lot longer than I've owned a wellness center and doing massage therapy is really just like a part-time job, you know, 20, 25 clients a week. That's like full time. Um, so, and that's why I kind of started like a wellness center. So I'd have other people in here, other things, other, you know, just other things to bring in um, more of an income because, um, and that's, and then that's another reason why I started like classes, stuff like that, um, to have more people in, in a group because it is, massage is more limiting for how many people you can see a week. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with that. I think it is, it is. And I think you have to kind of look down different avenues, right? into that versatility to be able to, you know, because profit is necessary here, right? You, you got to stay open, right? It's exactly. not like, it's not the major focus. Of course, it doesn't have to be the forefront of everything. You don't have to focus on profit entirely. But I mean, obviously, if you're helping more people, getting more people through the door, however, which way you're going to do it, money will come inevitably. So exactly. um, now, I mean, kind of curious here, because you offer a lot of stuff here, Holly, but which one is going to be your main priority going forward? I mean, long term, what do you see yourself trying to grow more? Are you trying to grow the massage, the yoga, the meditation, the online training? What are you trying to do mostly? So mostly um, my two big things have been meditation. Uh, sound therapy comes with the meditation because you can do both together. It's it's almost like a package. Um, and then the online courses, coaching, um, they kind of like meet into each other. So I love doing massage. I won't ever get rid of that, but I I love the meditation. I love instructing people and helping people out. And through meditation, you can coach people as well. So it kind of has that little, I don't know what you would call it, but like coaching meditation type thing, but that's yeah. where I've uh, been more centered on recently in the past year. Um, I was renting space years ago. Uh, when I first started in 2013 from an acupuncturist who also did meditations and sound and all that. And I would follow along her and it was, it seemed more expensive to do it then. And now it's more feasible and I, I'm not, I'm done waiting to do it. So that's what I've been jumping more into. So. Yeah, totally. I think, I think over time you just kind of feel which one's going to be best suited for you and which one obviously it comes down to honestly which one you want to do as well i think that's a big right. point too yeah. um and so you know gonna ask a little bit of a longer winded question here, but a good question in itself right so in, in this industry specifically right i mean fitness and gym industry here uh we're going to use and wellness included of course uh we use three pillars of business that are going to be used more predominantly than any right uh, it's going to be your lead generation which is your marketing getting people through the door right your acquisition, which is your sales, 
right? Being able to get somebody from an interested client to a paying client. And then you have your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So Holly, of those three, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Um, I'd say marketing, getting people, I mean, I've been doing a good job with, you know, trying to have my clients refer me out. Um, and then another, I feel like I've been good with keeping people. Um, it's what is getting them to buy more, I think is where my struggle has always been. Cause I would mention it to people, but then I would, I'm not the big salesperson. <laughs> so it's, it's okay. that part is where I've always kind of struggled with. Yeah. I've definitely gone with affiliate programs. We use CBD, um, pain relief ointment. And, you know, it's like, oh, it's here if you want it. And then. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, yeah. I think uh, totally. I think the point I like to make here too is, is you joined this business, started this business, I'm sorry, to be a fitness professional, right? Not a marketing yeah, professional, not a sales other, professional. Yeah. Exactly. So you can't expect yourself to come in off the bat knowing how to do all those things or knowing how to word it correctly and all those things. I think it comes with time, of course, number one, but eventually, I mean, of course, just like learning to be a fitness professional, you can become, and again, you're not saying you have to become a sales professional here or a marketing professional, but you could always learn those skills as well, which I think is the beauty about the fitness industry, right? It's like you can do what you love and learn how to run a business in the process. And I think that's the biggest thing. Um, and so I got two more questions for you here, Holly, my two favorite questions. Uh, What's the bigger picture for you long-term? What are you trying to accomplish? Um, just through meditation and working on yourself. Um, so in the past year, it's, I always hear the saying is everyone wants to change the world, but no one wants to change themselves. And so working on myself and doing better, I've seen more growth over all over everything. Um, and so it's, it's now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> totally. Okay. Yeah. 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 The bigger picture, whatever you think the bigger so picture it's, is. It's, it's more or less, it's working on myself, putting it out there and growing this business and trying to get it out to other people. Um, I learned a great guided meditation through one of my coaches, uh, Dr. G and she just, it's going inside and learning how to work on fears and going through the organ system and, so yeah, just wanting to get out there and help other people and grow the business. Yeah, it's as simple as that, I think, right? I think we honestly, there's no need to, you know, get all advanced and be, hey, I want to do this, 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 and this. I think if you keep it simple, just know, hey, I want to grow and go on, on, on a positive trajectory here. I think that's the simplest, but the easiest thing to do, right? And I think obviously you have goals along the way, of course, but I think when you just know, that you're here for the long term and you want to grow it as as, as high as you possibly can. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, one last question for you, Holly here, my favorite question, you know, if you could go back in time here to about 2018, right. When you, when you got the gym um, and uh, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and, and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started the gym, what would that advice be for you? So it's funny because I heard you ask this on other podcasts and instantly um, it came to me and said to follow myself, to follow my heart, to follow my gut um, is something I would, you know, tell myself then. And 
you know, not to follow what other people or, I mean, you can take their advice to an extent, but it's really what you want, what your heart desires. It's your place. And then it expands out from there. And, you know, it would be, it would be follow your heart and not what other people project on you. That was an amazing answer there, Holly. <laughs> I got to tell you, that's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, please shout out your Instagram, Facebook, website, anything you have. Where can people find out more about you and the facility? So it's uh, Tranquility Wellness Center. Uh, we're lo- located in Westford, Massachusetts. And if you look on, you know, Tranquility Wellness Center, there's a lot of Tranquility Wellness anything. Um, but also my name, Holly Bickerstaff. I use my personal page as um, more of the business and getting that stuff out there. And then the business page, if you go to tranquilitywellnessinc.com, the website's there. Uh, once I get my new podcast up and running this week, that will be up there. And then I have the wellness fear, um, dot com, which is all the online courses, which is also on the regular website. So there we go, Holly. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. Uh, just stick around for two more seconds if you can, Holly, just so I can let you know how you're going to get the podcast. I'd appreciate it. I'm yeah. going to sign everybody else out of here. Awesome. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Matt from The Live Method out of Midtown Manhattan, New York. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing great. Good morning. Thanks Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you here and to really learn more about what you have going on over there. Um, thank you for taking an hour out of your day to sit down, have this conversation and give back to our industry a little bit. Before we really dive into the business side, which is what we're here to talk about, I want to hear a brief backstory here, Matt. What was it that ultimately led to you opening up this fitness business? Sure. So I've been in the industry for 15 years now. Uh, I came into it uh, as a personal trainer, uh, almost accidentally. Uh, I was looking for a job. Well, you know, I moved to New York. I was an actor. And I didn't want to wait tables. So my roommate at the time was working at uh, a New York sports club on the Upper East Side. And, you know, I needed, uh, I was a college kid running around on auditions. And I said, like, you know, I need a job. So I, I went in, I interviewed with the fitness manager, got enrolled in a certification um, and became a personal trainer, um, which worked well. And, and very quickly, I moved into uh, an assistant manager position. I found out pretty quickly I was good at talking to people. And I had a little, a little, uh, some, some gifts with sales. Um, 
So I got moved into management that kind of progressed uh, for a few years and took over a few gyms, um, worked in corporate fitness as mostly as a fitness manager for majority of my career, and eventually uh, left and decided that I wanted to start my own, uh, my own brand, my own company. Um, and I left as an independent trainer and started running to residential buildings and realized very quickly that there was a tremendous need for, especially these luxury condominiums in Manhattan, there was these unbelievable facilities with no quality training. <clears throat> Excuse me, no, no quality training going on. So I, I said, you know, why don't I start trying to partner with some of these residential condominiums and I can set myself up as the preferred trainer, which is what I did. And once I reached a pretty uh, busy schedule, I started hiring trainers to work underneath me. Um, and I started to hand them, you know, connect them with residents of these buildings. And we grew uh, into a pretty successful residential concierge concept, uh, hence the name, the live method, train where you live. Um, and that was kind of like the first phase of the business. Um, after some years in that, um, I was able to open a pop-up concept uh, through one of my one of my clients who is a pretty large real estate uh, landlord, and I had this idea. I said, "Well, what if we create a concept where it's not a gym, but it's a personal training studio where it's just people come just for one-on-one -on -one training?" Uh, this is what I knew. This has been doing my whole career, and I really found it to be the most effective use of of time for for people when you have a tailored and specific plan that's progressive, this is how we're able to drive adaptation and change, um, you know, which is very different than the, the corporate, I'm sorry, the, uh, you know, large group environment, which, which we, you know, is obviously very beneficial for many other reasons, but people really, I found, had a need for specificity. Um, so I opened this concept, uh, which was our first brick and mortar in Midtown um, in 2018, and pretty quickly it became wildly successful. And, you know, we needed to expand and long story short, we wound up opening another location and then another, and here we are today. Awesome. So it kind of sounds like it's evolved over, over time. Um, and, you know, when you were a little kid, you probably didn't really picture that you would be here running this business. Um, so for our listeners here, kind of give us the elevator pitch of the live method, um, you know, what is that service that you guys provide and really help us understand that model so that as we move forward in this conversation, we have a really good grasp on it. Sure. So, um, you know, very different than the, uh, you know, a corporate environment where trainers are going out and, and seeking clients like on the gym floor and, and reaching out to uh, new members and trying to promote their services. We're very good at creating um, creating the demand by telling stories through our marketing channels uh, and getting our clients to reach out to us. So that's really kind of a, a big differentiator in the way that we go about acquiring our clients is they're coming to us. So our job, once that, that interaction happens, is to really just listen to what their needs are and then to be able to tailor our approach, which is really the essence of personal training, mm -hmm. how can we how can we tailor, you know, our services and our our plan to help our clients get from where they are to where they want to be? 
And I think that's really like, we, we do that very well. And we, we do that by listening very well and knowing the science that's required to create adaptation. Mm -hmm. Okay. You, there's one thing that you said there that really stuck out to me. And that was like, Hey, you know, like our clients are coming to us. Um, and in this industry, like the number one thing that I tend to hear from fitness business owners is that they, they really struggle to find clients, but it sounds like that is not a struggle for you at all. What do you feel like the biggest reason is for that? specifically is it your marketing is it your advertising kind of walk us through why you think yeah. that is. so we actually don't spend any money on marketing uh or advertising we don't we don't do any paid uh ads or anything like that um i think what has worked well for us has been um we've grown organically and that's really sticking to focusing on client outcomes and creating raving fans um if you can if you can deliver on your promise time in and time out, and you can be exceptional at what you do, which is always what we're striving to be, right. then you will have an abundance of business for your entire career. And it comes down to just doing what you say and saying what you do, and just being honest, transparent, um, and being really good at what you do. Okay. So um, obviously, if we have a good service, naturally, our clients are going to talk, we're going to grow through word of mouth. And that's been really beneficial for you and your business so far. Um, and, and you mentioned, maybe it was off air that, you know, your primary challenge right now is that you have more demand for clients interested in training than you can fulfill. Um, so obviously, that is kind of really paying off for you. Um, is there a reason why you guys have never tried to take it up a notch with like advertising, marketing? Um, do you have a presence on Facebook? Do you have a presence on social media? Yeah, I'd say social media is a big, is a big element for us. Um, I think people, you know, at, like, I guess it's the actor in me that really is drawn to storytelling. Yeah. Um, I think, I think people are connected to stories and the beauty of what I think we do well at the live method is we share our clients' stories. And from the beginning, when social media was kind of up and coming, when I started this uh, about eight years ago as the you know, independent trainer running to residential buildings, I always made the focus of my storytelling, my clients. I never really made it about me. And I never, and that's why I didn't make it the, the Sauerhoff method or the, you know, the Matt Sauerhoff method. I wanted to create a brand that, connected to people's um to people's stories every single person has a unique story and they all have unique wants needs and abilities and what i've done my entire career is i've just organically interested in understanding what makes people tick and who they are and i'm you know a nurturing empathetic person and i want to help people so my job as a trainer has always been to to connect to people um, and to understand what they're struggling with and figuring out a way to, to bridge the gap right. to get them from where they are to where they want to be. I mean, I'm trying to help. That's what personal trainers really should be doing and do. Um, I mean, I think that's what this whole industry is built on is, you know, we get into this industry because we have a passion for, for movement and we, we, you know, we've had our own personal journeys, you know, through sports or exercise or, or, or whatever it may be. And then that's the organic draw into this industry. 
And then we get into, you know, you go and you start working for a gym or you, you, you know, go out and start your own business. And, you know, there's a big, there's a big gap between, you know, doing this as a hobby and doing this as a business. Um, it's a very different thing. And I, I think when you're working at some of these commercial gyms, they, people get really kind of put off, you know, as a trainer or as an employee because of the, you know, they, it is a business of course, but we're in the business of helping people first and foremost. And I think that kind of gets lost sometimes. Yeah, no, I would agree with you. And I like your approach, you know, the storytelling approach. I am in the Orlando area. I'm a huge Disney person and worked for Disney for many years before getting into the fitness industry. And we are storytellers and people like to listen to stories. They like to relate to other people's stories and picture themselves in, you know, that situation. And so um, I, I really like that you utilize storytelling to draw in your clients. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I love when I click on a website for a gym and I see, you know, a testimonial or a story about so-and-so who joined and this happened in their life and they completely transformed their health. Like that is, that draws me in, it hooks me, it gets me interested. Um, and I know for many other people, it is the same thing. So, yep. you know, Matt, I want to also touch on here on the podcast. I like to talk about the good things and the things that have worked really well for us. But I also like to talk about the challenges, the bottlenecks, the bumps in the road, because I think there's just as much value in us talking about the good stuff as there is the stuff that's causing, you know, um, hardship. So, Matt, what would you consider to be the biggest business related challenge that you guys are facing right now? And what are you actually doing to kind of work on overcoming that? Sure. So in, in New York City, um, the mistakes are big or really, no matter how big or small, they're expensive. Um, so I've, you know, as a, a really a solo entrepreneur, I've had to learn along the way and I've made some small mistakes. I've made some big mistakes uh, and they've been expensive. Um, New York city real estate is a, an animal in itself. So when you're negotiating these leases um, or, you know, managing a construction project, like we're talking about, so much money um and it's very difficult to expand and when you make the wrong when you hire the wrong people when you're represented in the wrong way you can you can really get hurt really quickly um and like i said we're self-funded we don't have any i don't have any um investors so when when you make a mistake it's with your own money and it hurts yeah no i i would agree there um, what do you feel like is kind of the biggest mistake that you made and how did you kind of overcome that? Um, I think I've, you know, I've, it's very tricky when you're dealing with these, um, you know, these leases because you, you've got to do a lot of due diligence. You've got to, um, get the ball rolling because, you know, a month, if you're, if you're, you know, signing a lease, and you don't have like a permit in hand ready to start on day one, you're burning so much cash. Um, so I've started construction projects without finalizing a lease with anticipation that the lease was going to be finalized. And, you know, that wound up hurting me tremendously when the deal, you know, fell apart, you know, very far down the negotiation. Um, but it's a, it's a tricky thing because you have to try to, you, you have to spend money to make money and you can't, 
risk nothing. You can't just wait for the lease to be signed. So there's an incredible amount of due diligence that goes into it. You've got to hire architects, engineers, contractors, and you've got to spend some money leading up to the anticipation of the start of a project. But sometimes things don't work out. And when that happens, you know, it's a, it's a pretty, you try to mitigate as much downside, but you know, sometimes you lose. Yeah. And it, it sounds like with, with that, obviously my CrossFit gym, it already existed when I took over. I didn't have to do yeah. any of that, which was nice. That's great. But it sounds like, you know, with this, you know, just starting out, you have to have all your ducks in a row really. And the timing, it's like tricky, especially in today's real estate market. I'm sure it's even more tricky and hard to kind of get everything figured out there. Um, so I want to ask you, Matt, and, and this is kind of like a more loaded question. So take it as you will. Um, you know, if I were to hand you a magic wand, you had all of your goals, all of your dreams for your business had come true. You've reached them all kind of talk to us about what that big picture would look like for you. Um, sure. I, I think, you know, it's, it's operating and, and owning, you know, I don't know, 50 to a hundred, uh, you know, training studios, um, you know, across the, across the world. I think our primary our short-term goals are to expand, you know, to have multiple locations in Manhattan, which we're well on our way, uh, to do. And then, Beyond that, we want to go into some of the major markets, you know, in the country and then to the other continents. Yeah. What do you, you know, since your primary goal here is just like expanding and growing and more locations, what is, what needs to be your biggest focus right now to make that a reality here sooner than later? Sure. Um, I think executing, um, going from a singular location into a multiple location um, operation is our short-term focus and making sure that as we scale and grow that the uh, quality remains as high as I expect it to be. I mean, we've been able to scale. We have 45 trainers on our team um, out of a single location in Manhattan. Um, and, you know, when I, going from one to 45 obviously has its challenges, but to be honest, I'm very proud of the the way that we've been able to do that and the, and the, the caliber of, of trainers that we have, I think it comes from our standard of hire and the expectation that, you know, is set from the top down that the entire team is really bought into uh, quality. And the, we all have a sense of pride of what it means to be a, you know, a trainer at the lift method um, that we are really the gold standard of personal training in Manhattan and that our reputation is the most valuable asset that we have and we protect that you know we protect that dearly mm -hmm. and in the future like as you continue to expand what role do you foresee yourself playing in the business um that's been like a, a tricky transition for me because i started as a personal trainer and i obviously have such a uh passion for the you know the one-on-one -on -one work mm -hmm. um, but as the business has grown you know I've, I've had to scale back some of my my personal training, which was very honestly, very hard for me because of the relationships that, you know, I've built with some of my clients and just the love of the craft. Um, but my role has really evolved into, um, you know, stop work, you know, to transition from working in the business to working on the business, um, as they say, and 
handling lease negotiations and, and focusing on growth strategy and um, kind of getting out of the, you know, the off of the front lines, so to speak, although I'll always be on the front lines. You know, I'll always continue to train no matter how big this company gets, because I think it's so important to stay connected to the, to the craft and to have my finger on the pulse of what's going on in the industry as well. Yeah. I think you kind of pointed out something there that I hear pretty frequently is like for many business owners and, and business is a lot smaller than yours specifically. Like the owner is so busy in the day-to-day of the business that they don't really have the opportunity to work on the growth of the business. Yeah. Um, and it's good that you've identified that like you need to make sure that you have time to work on, on the business. And I do like that you still want to have some hands in the business because like you said, it gives you the opportunity to be involved, see how the day-to-day is operating and make sure that that quality of service that you, you know, designed the live method off of it still exists in the day-to-day so I really um I like that a lot if you had to give a word of advice to somebody who was just starting out in this industry today they just opened up their own facility what would you have to share with them yeah I would say that you need to grind as hard as you can for as long as you can um because there's something that there's something in being so heavily entrenched in all of it that is really important to a degree. Um, and that I think that you need to like, you need to be battle tested and hardened uh, in every aspect of your business before you're able to start to delegate. I think delegation has been really critical in allowing me to start working on the business. And I think everybody should eventually, you know, I think a lot of business owners get bogged down in the day to day and they don't delegate enough. Um, to be able to allow them to take on a higher a higher purpose but i also think that there i don't regret you know grinding as hard as i did for as long as i did because one it gives me an appreciation for every single role of my company that it's now you know taken on by other people um you know i know those those jobs and processes better than anybody and that's been important for me to have that experience to then train others to do it at the level that i expect it to be done um, which I think is pre- probably the biggest pitfall for most owners is that, you know, they want things done a certain way. Um, so they have trouble relinquishing control and therefore then they're tied down. And it doesn't allow them to expand. One thing that I've come to terms with is that it's never going to be done as to the way that you want it to be. And that's okay. You need to, you need to be able to empower your staff and give, put them in a position to win um, and to make decisions on them, you know, on their own under the, under like, under the, like through the lens of like the way that an owner would, would want it to be done. And I've been very fortunate. I mean, obviously we've gone through some personnel, but over time, like the process evolves, you find, you know, the good people leave and the great people rise. Like the cream always rises to the top, as they say, and just stick to your process and keep understand that things are not going to be perfect from day one, but if you're committed to making things exceptional, then eventually they, they will start to improve over time. No, definitely. And I think like as a business owner, um, we tend to have this belief like, well, of course, nobody knows the, the business quite like we do. 
Um, but we have to be able to understand that like once there becomes a certain point where we have to have hands off a little bit and start to delegate different tasks to people so that the business can grow um, because it's not realistic for us to be doing everything all the time forever. Um, what is the, the Instagram or the Facebook page? Where can our listeners go to find out more about what you all offer over there? Sure. So our Instagram handle is at the L-I-V method, at the live method. Easy enough. Thank Easy. <laughs> thank you, Matt, for being here, for sharing with us today. Listeners, we thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, go ahead, hit like and subscribe. If you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast, go ahead, fill out the link in the description. We will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Felipe with Fit Flip Nutrition Training out of Texas. Flip. What is going on, man? <laughs> Happy Thursday. How are you feeling today, man? Feeling good, man. Feeling good. Thursday. We're almost at the weekend, so it's always a good thing. There we go. Friday Junior over here. Yes, <laughs> Look, Flip, we're excited to have you on today, and we're definitely ready to dive in to the nitty-gritty of what you have going on here with Flip Fit. But first, let's uh, let's give the viewers a little perspective, right? Uh, if you can hear Flip, in your own words, how would you describe Flip Fit and what you guys do? So FlipFit is a, a small personal training facility is what I like to refer, refer to it as. It's smaller. Um, it's a non-membership based gym, just personal training clients for the time being. Um, and a lot of my uh, training is either one-on-one, so private training or semi-private, um, you know, two or three people at a time, clients at a time. Um, that's kind of what we got going on right now. We do have uh, plans and hopes to expand a little bit and maybe become a membership gym later down the road. Um, but for now, that's kind of how we, how we run things. Awesome. Awesome flip. And so um, let's start with the basics here. How many members are you serving currently? Right now, uh, I fluctuate between about 20 and 25 clients. Gotcha. Okay. And so for you flip, I mean, what's been the best method of getting the people through the door interested, right? New signups. How do you get them through the door? Honestly, man, what, what, what's been a big success for me is really just referrals. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm really active on Instagram and, um, you know, it, it, when, it, when I first started, it was, it started with, you know, 
uh, more supporters, you know, friends, family, stuff like that. And then from there, just referrals just started uh, coming in, you know, so-and-so sent me and man, I see the work you did with this person. Uh, you know, this is my goal. And uh, referrals is, is really where, where most of my uh, work comes from. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, uh, that's a big route for a lot, a lot of uh, fitness professionals as well. And so for you, I mean, you're at that 20, 25 mark here now. I mean, let's say leads, traffic, clients, all these things were unlimited. How much higher can you go? Honestly, at this very moment, um, I'm, I'm pretty much at my, at my max level here um, because it's, it's, uh, it's getting to the point where I'm pretty much there all day. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And of course, my job is to accommodate to these clients and, uh, and work around their work schedules. Uh, kid, you know, they, they all have kids and children in school. And, you know, so um, I'm pretty much at the point where I'm spending my morning half there and then I take a little break in the afternoon and then after about 4 p.m. I'm right back at it till, till about 9 p.m. So um, I'd say that I'm pretty much at my max when it comes to clients and personal training right now. Gotcha. Gotcha. Not a bad problem to have. <laughs> um, right. Now, uh, I guess and another question to kind of piggyback on that. I mean, I guess if you are trying to grow, right, and you are trying, let's say if more clients came on at all, um, what would... I mean, how would you plan to handle that? I mean, are you going to get uh, another coach, uh, a new location? What would be the route you go for that? Yeah, so honestly, um, the uh, it's always been a thought to bring some some more trainers in, um, of course, to kind of help alleviate some of that and take on some more clients. Uh, the thing right now for me is uh, limited space, right? Um, like I said, I just got started, and you know, like most business owners, we all want to start small and then grow from there. Um, I'm at the point now where I feel like it's time to grow. So uh, getting into a bigger location would definitely help uh, get that going. And then I would have to really consider either picking up some more, uh, a couple more trainers and maybe hiring some trainers and bringing in some more trainers or, uh, or going kind of doing the whole combo of a membership slash personal training. Yeah. Like you mentioned on the like earlier. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. I appreciate the explanation there. I, I, I like to give that perspective for the viewers, right? Cause I mean, think about it. I mean, a lot of people are probably in that position too, right? You only have so many hours in a day. Um, and, and some people aren't even doing it full time, right? Some people are, are have full-time jobs plus doing this. So it's like, what would you do and how can they implement that as well? So, so I appreciate you sharing that flip. Um, and so, you know, I, I, it seems like you're a one-man team here. And if you're not, you can correct me, of course. But if you are, I mean, how do you manage, man? I mean, tracking anything over 10 people, I know it's a lot. I was a PT myself. I, I understand. 10 plus people is a lot. So you're double that. I mean, 20, 25. How do you track it? Yeah, honestly, man, it is, man. It's, it's a lot of work on one person. And I am a one-man team for now. Um, wow. My wife helps me handle a lot of the the business side of things, you know, but yeah. as far as the actual PT stuff and in-person stuff, uh, it's just me, man. And, uh, it becomes a little overwhelming at times, but you know, um, I try, I try to keep a great attitude and, 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 uh, show that, show these people that I, that I really enjoy what I do and, uh, and try to, you know, I spread myself thin. I'm not going to lie to you, but, uh, it's been, it's been a, a good battle, but I've been making it work. And so far it's been, it's been good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a battle that, a lot of people are going through as well. And I think, I think 
this is the whole point of the podcast, right? It's like when you can give that perspective of like, hey, like, well, how can we improve this? How can we grow this? How can I do better here? You know, and, and I appreciate, again, the honesty throughout the whole entire thing because a lot of people are one-man team and one-woman team. So I think that's uh, that's awesome. That is awesome. So um, now I, I'm going to ask a, a longer-winded question here, but a good question in itself. You know, um, if you could say here a flip, right? There's three pillars of business we use pretty predominantly, right? It's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing, right? Getting people through the door. Your acquisition, which is your sales, right? Which is getting somebody from interested to a paying client. And then you have your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three flip, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Um. I think I could improve most in uh, keeping my clients longer. Um, I have a good group. I'd say I have a good group that has been around for, for a bit already. Um, but the other half, I'd say, is, has been a good constant you know, turnaround. Um, so I, I feel like for us in this industry, uh, it's probably one of the most inconsistent uh, jobs. You know, um, when you work a, nine, a regular nine to five, you know, you have that that bi-weekly paycheck coming in and that's not ever going to change. I feel like for us, every month is the question if, if is this person going to come back? Am I going to have the same amount of clients next month? Am I going to be able to make enough to meet, you know, um, pay bills and whatever, you know, yeah. the day-to-day -day stuff, you know? So um, I think if we can improve in the consistency of clients coming back, that would make things a lot less stressful. Okay. And, and so keeping them longer, essentially. Correct. Gotcha. I gotcha. And I appreciate the transparency again, Flip. I don't want to exhaust that. But I, again, I think when you can put success to the side and still admit you can improve in certain places, I think the viewers can really and, and, and agree, you know. Um, and so thank you for that. Thank you for that, Flip, seriously. Now, the last two questions for you here, Flip, I, and I, I think these are my two favorite questions for, for two reasons. Um, number one, I'm curious to see what you have planned for the future. And number two, I'm curious to see what advice you're going to give. So uh, number one is what's the bigger picture for you, Flip? I know you kind of mentioned a couple of things of what you want to do, but what's the bigger picture long-term? What are you trying to accomplish with the gym? Um, so long-term, man, um, I think like every business owner, right, um, is to get to the point where you're not having to work as much physically, you know, put in as many man hours as you do at the beginning of your business right i'd like to eventually get to the point like like i mentioned earlier where i'm running a membership based gym with personal training attached to it and maybe where i can have a few trainers working under me and then i can kind of back off a little bit on the personal training myself and be able to spend more time with the family and the business be running itself right yeah i love that i think that i think that's mostly every gym owner's goal, right? It's like, sure, you yeah. know, eventually, uh, you know, you have to be able to trust people to run the gym for you as well. I think another good thing I want to mention here, uh, Flip, is, is the fact that you're already willing to trust somebody to run it, right? Which is a good thing because a lot of people want to be or think that they can run it themselves and only want themselves to run it. But when you can kind of have that understanding and kind of let go and take a step back, I think that's, that's, that's a big, big shift. Uh, that a lot of people have to get to eventually. And the fact that you that you can trust that you can get somebody and obviously get them up to par, get them up to speed to be able to handle it just like as well as you could. So I think that's a great flip. And right. um, one last question here. 
you know, uh, if you could go back in time here, Flip, to when you first started the gym, sit yourself down with the, the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you could, you really needed to hear when you first started. What would that advice be for you? <clears throat> Honestly, for me, it would, uh, so the, I guess just real quick, um, I transitioned into this, um, I guess, into this job very quickly, right? Uh, I went from a previous job to, to straight into this within maybe a month, right? Um, I wish, if I, if I was to give advice, I'd tell the next person doing this or thinking about going into this to kind of sit down, plan things out, and, and really uh, think about everything. Take the time to think about every little thing before just jumping into it, right? I think time is, time is great and um, not rushing into things is, is a big, big thing for me. Like, for instance, just a, a you know, perfect example for me, I wish now that I would have took the time to look for the perfect location to where I could have grown within where I was at before, before signing a, a, a lease at a location for three years. And now I'm trying to grow and now I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I'm gonna do with this current location before moving, you know what I mean? So I think thinking about all those things um, ahead of time, is, is a big, big thing. Flip, that is such a real answer and a mic drop of an answer, man. It's a good place to wrap things up in this episode, Flip. But before we sign out, please shout out your Instagram, your Facebook, anything you have. Where can people find out more about you and the gym? Yeah, for sure, brother, man. My name's Flip. Uh, you can find me on Instagram under HTX underscore Flip Fit. Um, also, I'm sponsored by Labrada Nutrition. Um, Go check out their supplement. You can use my code FLIP10. And my uh, muscle is sponsored by a clothing brand, Lift Heavy Clothing Brand. Uh, my, my discount code there is FLIPFIT15 for, you know, saving some money. Um, man, just thank, thank you for having me. And I really enjoyed yeah. this. And I wish we had more time. But, uh, you know, we, we had some difficulties, but we're, we're good. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Flip, look, we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for one more second, just so I can let you know how you can get the podcast, I'd appreciate it. I'm just going to sign everybody else out over here, okay? Oh, sounds good. Awesome. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come and join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.